So I'm going to speak this morning on forgiveness. And as I speak about this, I will, there'll be a point and I'll tell you a story that happened to me about three weeks ago, which is the reason I chose this topic. But I'll leave that for a little while. So last week, uh, Nathan looked at the Lord's Prayer. It's, it's very from Matthew 6, verse 9. So I'm just going to read that again and just remind us. Um, so he said, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So Jesus encouraged us to not only ask for forgiveness, but asked us to forgive. So if you, if you look at this, there's a, the, the, the word debtor, you know, somebody who's wronged us, someone who's done something wrong to us. So we're looking to forgive people. But why do we actually need, why do we need forgiveness? That's, that's a good place to start. Why do we need forgiveness? So actually, if you, you need to go back to the beginning. We need to go back to Genesis. So it started, God made Adam and Eve, and he made them in his image, but he gave them free will. We talked about that this morning. We have free will. But as we know, their free will mean they, meant they messed up and they sinned. And this is when the need for forgiveness happened. As soon as sin came into the world, it became a block between us and God. God is a holy God and he cannot abide sin. So there was a need for forgiveness. And the key bit as well is looking at sin, and it's in the scriptures, the price of sin is death. It's not a small price. It's not a sort of rap on the hand. No, that's not been good. No, it's death. It's serious. So a price had to be paid. Therefore, if we look through the Old Testament, the Israelites, all the way through it, had to make sin offerings to deal with their sin. And these were animal sacrifices. In fact, if you're really interested, I was tempted to read it out, but I decided against it. If you read Leviticus chapter 4, it goes through a lot of detail exactly who, if they've sinned, what they need to do, what the specific details of an animal sacrifice, because it was sin had to be, you know, the payment was death. So they had to do these sacrifices. But as I talked about, I talked about last time I spoke was back in November. God had a rescue plan. He didn't just want to leave it at that. And of course, his rescue plan was to send Jesus because Jesus would be the perfect solution to sin because he would go and die on the cross to pay the price of all sins in the past and in the future as well this is actually why often we didn't sing one this morning but sometimes especially when we do communion we sing and there's often the lyric will be death being defeated and that's an interesting way to look at it and it was actually because when Jesus died on the cross the sin requirement of us to die because of our sin was defeated because it was no longer required. So, we have in place a way to be forgiven. But we shouldn't take this lightly. God hasn't changed. You know, he's been the same since the time began. He loves us. He loved us in the Old Testament, and he loves us now. Nothing changed in that situation. But him loving us was not enough for him to forgive us. And that's because he's a God of justice. And justice is about people getting what they deserve. And because of our sin, we deserved death. So the fact that we are able to get forgiveness through Christ is supernatural. 
And that's what I want to say this morning is forgiveness we can think of as something simple, but I want to say is actually it's not a natural thing. Forgiveness is not natural. Now, a long time ago, I got shared a picture, and it's a really helpful one I found, and it was of a courthouse. And there's a courthouse, and you are standing in the dock. You're standing there, and you're faced the judge. And the judge is looking, he's about to preside judgment over you. And actually, we've been pretty bad. Our crimes are going to be a death sentence. And that is, that is what the situation is. We're sitting there. We know that's what we've done. We know the crimes are true. The evidence is stacked up. It's not like some mistrial. The evidence says we need, the sentence is going to be death. We're waiting for the judge to preside over it. But suddenly there's a bit of a kerfuffle at the back of the courthouse. And a, guy, a man walks in and he walks down. He walks up, stands next to the judge, speaks to the judge. The judge has a look on his face, but he nods and accepts. Then he stands up and he presides judgment and he passes judgment on this man who is standing there. He says, this, is, this man will have the death sentence. And we're left a little bit confused standing there in the dock saying, well, I don't understand what's happened here. And then someone comes up and touches him and goes, that man was the judge's son. And that's what happened. That's what Jesus did. He came and he paid the price for us. And we, we can make the choice to accept him as our Lord and Savior. And he's paid the price for us. And that's done, dealt with. But the thing is, we still come back and we still make mistakes. Now we, interestingly enough, it often says in the Bible, we are made in God's image, which is quite a challenge, you know, can be quite challenging that we are image bearers of God. Now, we talked this morning about creativity. Now, that's, that's one of God's characteristics. You know, we, we were talking about creative ways to sort of contact people, but we often see, I know there's people here who are very good artists or musicians. I, I can't play music, you know. But there's lots of people who are very creative, but that's a God thing. That's one of the, his attributes. Another one is some people I know here who are very compassionate and caring and care for people. That's another God attribute. We are image bearers. We can, if we sit down and think about some of our best qualities, and it will be our best qualities, they are God qualities, his attributes. Ours are a pale reflection of his qualities, but they are actually what he's put on us as his image bearers. Now, interestingly, one of those characteristics that we might not think about is that God is the God of justice, as I said. So this can be a characteristic that lays on us. And actually, the more I thought about it as I was praying, yeah, we like justice. We're wired that way. We actually quite like seeing people get what they deserve. Now, we, and this, this goes both ways. In, we like seeing stories of people who've worked hard against adversity, and then they're successful. And that's, you know, okay, where they got, they, they worked hard, they were successful, they're getting what they deserve, that's great. But equally, sometimes if somebody's committed some awful crimes and they are appropriately punished, we feel quite happy about that as well because of that innate justice. But we can also go the other way. We can feel very frustrated if we feel people have not been given fair treatment or got away with things. If you feel that somebody's worked hard but not been given credit for it, or if somebody seems to get away with not doing things or, or bad things happening, they do these bad things, but they ne they're never picked up, and we can get very frustrated with it. You see, we're not perfect like God. So unfortunately, the characteristics, characteristics of justice can get corrupted in us and lead us to have what I can only call a bad justice attitude. And the main characteristics we display if we've got a bad justice attitude are 
bearing grudges. When someone wrongs us, we want to see them get what they deserve. We hold it against them and maybe sort of hold it up against them. Well, if something happens in the future, you know, I'm not going to do something nice for that person because I'm holding a grudge against them. Maybe we'll look for that opportunity to balance stuff out. We remember the wrong. We can balance it ourselves. And linking with that is seeking revenge. We can seek revenge because we want to deal justice ourselves. We want to take the law into our own hands and basically deliver the payback we think that person deserves. And also what these things can then lead to is not trusting. Because if we've had previous bad experiences of people letting us down, we, we start to not want to trust people because it's risky. We don't want to give people the chance to let us down to start with. Now, you, you might think some of these things and think, are these mindsets I can slip into? Now, I want to share the story now of why I'm preaching on this. So three weeks ago, my, uh, George, my son, who's my eldest, he's five, he was due to go to his first football um, session. But unfortunately, the day before, it rained and rained and rained, and it got called off because the pitch was waterlogged. So we got home, and he said, Daddy, Daddy, I'd still really like to go and play football. And I was like, okay, well, just near our house, there's a, there's a park, and it's just some grass. It's nothing, it's just some trees around it. It doesn't get used that much by children because there's no swings or anything in it. But I said, oh, we can take the football and have a kick about it. And he was so excited. So we left the house, walked across the road carefully, and as soon as we got across the road, he ran ahead of me, opened the gate, and ran into the park with a football. Now, as he ran in, I was just aware. I looked over, and I could see a man with a dog and a lady with a dog. And as George ran into the park, the dog, one of the dogs, which was a large Alsatian dog, saw him and started to aggressively bark and just went straight at him. It didn't, I thought it was actually going to attack him, but it didn't, but it was circling him. And it wasn't a friendly, sometimes dogs bark and they're sort of playful, wagging the tail. This dog wasn't, it was very aggressive. And George's reaction was to put his hands on his ears and start crying, he was very scared. So I ran up and I picked him up and the dog sort of circled around and this man obviously ran to try and get hold of his dog and failed, and the dog came back. And I said to him, can you get your dog under control? Because it was still aggressively coming towards us. And he lost it. This man started screaming and swearing at me. You shouldn't be in this park. And let me be clear, the language was much more colourful than that. So, so he finally got the dog under control. And I was like, why are you getting cross with me? It's your fault. Your dog's out of control. I carried on screaming at me. And I, and I turned around to him and I said, can you stop? swearing in front of my son, at which point he told me to F off, you see. And I was just like, but this point I realised I was at a place that I haven't been for a long time. I'm quite a calm, relaxed person generally. I was not calm and relaxed at this point. I was furious. I was, I could feel my blood getting up and I wanted to deal with this. I was so angry and I stood between George and me and I was getting more and more het up and I was like, I need to deal with this now. And I had this anger in me and I was like, this is an unusual feeling for me because I'm not normally like that. But he carried on and I, and I remember the last thing I said to him was, if I see you and this dog again, I will be reporting you because you have a dangerous animal there. And he's, his response to that was, if I see you and your kid again, you're both dead. So this was a very nice individual I had to deal with. So anyway, I left, went over to George, who was still a bit upset, gave him a cuddle. 
And I assumed he'd go and want to go home, but he said, I still want to play football, Daddy. And I was like, <laughs> he'd, he'd kind of dealt with it much quick, more quickly than me. Anyway, so we went home. I told this story to Lizzie and explained. She was like, that's awful. I actually, because there's a local neighborhood watch, so I reported it to that. I didn't end up reporting it to the police as well because of some of the things that were said. And I was concerned that this dog didn't attack George, but it might, have done, might do to somebody else. But what I found was... That day, for the rest of the day, I spent my day very carefully planning exactly what I was going to do to this man when I saw him again. I was stewing over it. I could feel myself getting more and more angry. I was like, if I see him in the street, I'm going to grab him and I'm going to tell him exactly what I think. I'm going to drag him down to the police station. I, all these things were going through my head. I was just consumed by it. It got to the evening. Lizzie fell asleep. The kids were all asleep. I'm laying in bed and I'm sitting there going, right, okay, well, if I go down at 9.30 tomorrow, that's what time he was in the park. Maybe he'll be back again. And this was where I was at. And this was my mindset. I was consumed completely. Now, fortunately, this happened on a Saturday, so... On Sunday morning, I came to church, and I realized that I needed to deal with this. This was not healthy. So I actually got hold of Nathan and said, Let, I really need you to pray for me. I, and I explained the story, and I said, I've got to let this go, because this is not healthy. So he prayed with me, and I had a complete feeling of peace. I just let it go. Now, if I see him again, I'll probably say to the man, look, okay, what, what happened was unacceptable, but I've got past the point where I'd want to hit him, which I feel is a good place. But I feel calm about it now. But I realised that was very easy for me to slip into that. The situation was something that I haven't faced normally, but I got into that place, and I could have carried on holding that grudge. I could have held on to that that unforgiveness, because I was still cross. I still felt, you know, my, the key bit was, I think if it had happened to just me, I would have gone and walked off. But it was my son was in danger. There was, you know, there were certain things that happened that triggered my reaction and my anger and my, what ended up being, I didn't want to forgive him. I wanted to get revenge on him. See, the problem is, forgiveness is not always our natural reaction. And actually, it is, as I said, it's supernatural. We need the Holy Spirit. We need more. In fact, if we go to the verses after the Lord's Prayer, it's good to note this. In verses 14, it says, For you forgive other people when they sin against you. Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's a big deal. That's a big challenge because we can be in a place where we, you know, we can come before God and we'll repent, but we'll hold on to things for other people. It's like, actually, that's affecting us repenting because we're not dealing with it. So our forgiving others is linked to receiving forgiveness ourselves. See, God's way is forgiveness. The world's way is not to forget, to hold on to things. But the interesting thing, if you look at it, is unforgiveness is you holding yourself in prison for a crime someone else committed. So that's unforgiveness is you holding yourself in prison for a crime someone else committed. You don't gain anything, only pain for yourself. I remember at New Day a long time ago, there was someone who was speaking about unforgiveness, and he shared a story that he had had someone who did something awful to him when he was, I think he said it was late teens. This awful thing happened, and he was so angry at this person, and he held on to this grudge for years. And it was 10, 15 years later that they had a reunion 
with this, and it was going to see this person. And he, he'd been a Christian through his time, and he goes, you know what I know what I need to do? I need to forgive this person. I'm going to go up to them. I'm going to say to them, I forgive you for that thing that happened 15 years ago that has obviously affected him so much. And he went up to this person, and he said, look, you remember this thing that happened? I forgive you for it. And the guy went, what thing? He couldn't remember. It had gone. This person, it hadn't been there. It wasn't this big thing to him. But this had consumed this person for years. They'd, he'd held on to it as something that had affected him, perhaps even shaped the way his attitude in his life. See, that's the thing. You know, unforgiveness, it doesn't help us. In fact, Inga, when I, I put the um, post on social media that this is what I was going to speak at, and she actually commented it on Facebook, and she said, I remember the sermon Andrew, who used to lead the church, did on forgiveness some time ago. He said, if you forgive, you remove a painful fish hook from yourself. And I think that's, that's true. That's it, is that we have a fish hook in us that's tied to someone else, that we're pulling it and tugging it, and it's painful to us, but they perhaps don't even know it's attached. See, I want to talk now what forgiveness is and what it isn't, though. And this is, this is important because I think some things that happen to us are not good, but we need to look at what it is. So what forgiveness is, it is passing it to God, who is the judge to deal with. You know, leaving it with him. And I think the big thing on this is not letting it become part of our identity. Stuff can happen to us, people can wrong us, and we can let it become part of our identity. I was the, pers- I was the person who was let down in this situation, and, and living in that. The second one is not allowing something or someone to keep causing you pain because you're holding on to it. You're holding on to that thing, and it's continuing to cause you pain long after the original thing that happened. The other thing is, of which we spoke about already, Forgiving is not putting a barrier between us and our own forgiveness. And what is forgiving? Forgiving is actually freedom. It's being free from these things. We're giving it up to God and trusting him with it. But I want to say as well, this is really important, and I I think this is important because sometimes when we talk on forgiveness, people can be sitting there going, but you don't know what has happened to me, the things that I've had to deal with. And there are some things that are really not good. So what forgiveness is not, it's not saying that the thing that happened was okay. And this is really important. It's not saying that the, the thing that the person did against you, the thing that happened was okay. You're not saying, okay, it's fine. The thing that happened's fine. We're not saying that, but we're not allowing it to have an impact. And also, this is another, another important one. It's not about forgetting and being naive. See, forgiving someone else of something they do to you won't necessarily make them change. You, you might have somebody into your house, they might come in your house, and they, you, they, you, they leave, and you open up your cupboard and realize they've stolen a load of your money. And you go, oh, that's awful. So you challenge them about it, okay, and you say, oh, well, I'm, okay, well, I'm going to forgive you. But you might not trust them to come in your house again in the same way and leave your money. You might think, okay, I'm going to have that person back to my house. I'm going to put that somewhere so it's safe. Now, that's just, it's not being naive. We can forgive without then sort of being naive in it. And I think that's really important because there can be situations where some people, you know, you have a situation, somebody wrongs you again and again and again. Now, you don't say, oh, I've forgiven them, I'm going to go back straight into that situation to let it happen again. 
And I think that's really important, that we, you need to realise that God wants you to forgive, but he doesn't want you to then live in a place where you're under the same thing happening because you're saying, well, I've forgiven, so it shouldn't keep happening. And it's really important. My, my personal experience of that was when I was uh, in my sort of teenage years through secondary school, I was really bullied by a couple of guys. I, I used to hate school. I didn't enjoy going. I was really badly bullied. My, my, I often say that God's plan for my life was that he taught me because in that whole time I fled to God. So in my adversity, I went to him and I trusted in him. And I now sit there now, it, it kind of has made me ingrained. When something's tough, I go to God with it. So I, I sit back now and I think, okay, I can take it and it's fine. But actually at the time, it wasn't nice. And actually I realized, and it was only when I did Freedom in Christ, probably in my late 20s, early 30s, that I actually hadn't forgiven some of the guys that were horrible for me for, for years. And actually, it, the only reason it triggered was as we went through the Freedom in Christ, I... I realised that sometimes I would see these people, you know, not very regularly. They were, funnily enough, they weren't my friends. But I would see them, and it would all flood back. And I realised it would, it would sort of catch me, and it would almost put me back to being that 14-year-old who was really scared and afraid. And I realised that I'd let it, not big, I hadn't let it, but it wasn't consuming me. It wasn't my identity, but it still had an impact on me, and I hadn't let it go. And it was only then, at that Freedom in Christ, then I said, okay, this is the time. Straw line. Actually, if I bumped into these guys now, it wouldn't bother me. It was, it's water under the bridge. I've dealt with it. And that's really important that, you know, we... But they did wrong at the time. The thing that they did to me wasn't fair. In any of these situations, any of these things, when people sin against you, it's not right. But you can forgive and not let it keep affecting you. So that's forgiving others. And, you know, so, but actually there's some other areas of forgiveness that, what does it look like? One of the big ones, and this is something that, and I've got a few, a few words, that I, when I was praying about this, I've got a few words at the end that I'm going to share that I feel may have be individuals here are struggling with. One of them is forgiving ourselves. It can be, sometimes it can be easy to ask God for forgiveness because we know we read in the Bible, he will forgive us, it's a, but we can't forgive ourselves. You know, we come before God and preferably regularly repent. But sometimes we don't do, we don't do that ourselves. You know, we let things, we take guilt on ourselves. So when we come before God to repent, I want to encourage this, is we should do this regularly. We should come to God and say, look, I'll, you know, these are the things I've done wrong. Keep a short account. The Lord's Prayer was something that, you know, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Now, I would say that we should be keeping that short account on a daily basis. And it says, if you look at Ephesians 1.7, in him we have redemption through his blood, which is Jesus, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. He's going to forgive. That is what he says he will do. In 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. There's a lot of um, sort of pictures of us coming in sort of dirty clays, coming before God and him just cleaning us up and us being white and being righteous again. Because that's how he deals with it. He will forgive us. But there are circumstances we can get into where we can be in a habitual sin routine. And this is something where we do the same thing over and over again. We often will come to God and say, look, I've done it. I want to ask for forgiveness but we keep going back. Now, rather than just coming back and asking forgiveness, there might be more you need to do in these situations. You might need to seek assistance. 
to get out of that rut of that habitual sin. And this might might uh, this may look different for different people, but I want to say is one of the things you might look at is becoming accountable to someone else. If you know there's a thing that you struggle with, having someone else who you trust who will challenge you and encourage you to work through it. And also getting prayer about it. You know, sometimes facing these things is tough. You know, we can't do it on our own. And we actually need both God and we need support from people around us as well. So who do we need to forgive? So we need to forgive the people who wronged us. In Ephesians 4, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So we need to forgive others. So forgiving ourselves. So I said a little bit early, guilt is actually toxic. Reliving the mistake over and over again, we need to forgive ourselves. We need to forgive ourselves of things. This this is something that I, I got taught a long time ago, which was really helpful, is the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. He points us to go and repent. Satan accuses us of our wrongdoings and sin and points us to shame and guilt. Now, they're two very different things. Because shame and guilt, we often then want to go run away and hide and say, we're awful, I'm not good enough, this is awful, this is bad. The Holy Spirit says, go and deal with it. You can go and be righteous. You can be purified. Go and deal with it. It's a different thing. There's not an accusation. There is a... This is, you need to deal with this, or there's a go and wallow in it. That's what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to go and wallow in it. The other thing is someone we need to forgive. Can it be God? And this is a big one. This is a, this is a challenge. There's, I am sure there's people here who've suffered disappointment. There may be stuff that you prayed about, situations you prayed about, and it, nothing happened. And you feel, God, what happened in this situation? I want to share, just two weeks ago, Lizzie and I went to a funeral of a friend of ours, and she was the, she's the church administrator from over at Beacon in Camberley. Absolutely lovely lady, exactly the same age as Lizzie. And she died of a very rare form of cancer, leaving her husband and little girl. And I've been inspired by looking at how her husband has dealt with it. It, 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 it almost chokes me up just thinking about it now, actually. He's... All through it, he has shared the fact that this is a horrible journey. And sometimes he's saying, God, why is this happening? But he shared, he goes back to saying, God is good all the time. And it's certain. But actually, if anyone could be disappointed in God and be almost not forgiving God, this is an example of someone who's gone through this really, you know, she was very ill for two years and she passed away just, just over six weeks ago. But he doesn't. He's, he's reflecting that you shouldn't do that. And I want to encourage you that you may be in a situation where you feel let down by God. But it's not the place to stay. And Satan will be the one talking in your ear, telling you he's let you down. He's not trustworthy. But that's not God's character. So I'm going to let, now, I just want to give an opportunity. I hope that that people aren't struggling with unforgiveness. But I feel that we need to always take time to sit and think, are there things we need to deal with? Are there things that we need to deal with from a long time ago that we've never actually put to bed? 
Are there things that have happened this week that you're like me in the situation with the park? I was stewing over it and I had needed to let it go. I was, I was praying about it and these are the, I had these three pictures. The first one was somebody, when you were a child, you put your dad on a pedestal. He was your hero, but then at some point he let you down and you've never dealt with it. And you still feel let down to this day. And it's something that eats away at you because you remember putting him in this, on this place of a pedestal. And now you, feel, you still feel let down. And this might have happened a long time ago. We might, might be talking to someone who's much older and it happened a long time ago. The second picture I had was a picture of a chicken and an egg. You know, the what came first. But the egg is something that someone has been waiting to hatch for a long time. It's something that you've been asking God about, you've been praying, you're waiting on this situation to come to fruition, but it hasn't happened. But the chicken is some unforgiveness that you're holding on to. And until you let that chicken go and let it go and leave, the egg's not going to hatch. That's, that could be a tough one, and I don't know, it might be relevant to you. And the last one is, there's someone who feels they don't deserve forgiveness from God or themselves. You feel you've done too much wrong or maybe some specific thing that's just too much to be forgiven. And this might be, or it might be some persistent sin that you've, you've, it's a habit that you've just not been able to get away from. And you just find yourself keep going back. And I want to, for that person, I just want to give them Psalm 103. And it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. We have a God who wipes the slate clean. It isn't a situation where there's certain things that can't be wiped off. God deals with it. So I just want to, get, I'm going to ask the musicians to come back up if that's okay, but I'm, I want to leave a little bit of space. I don't want them to, to play a song that we're going to sing. I want to encourage everyone just, to, just to, to sit, as it were, and just rest in the fact, is there anything that you need to let go? Just for a couple of minutes, is there an area that, is this something from a long time ago? It was one of these three things I've shared relevant to you. I just want to give that opportunity. Then I will ask the musicians to start a song. And then if, if one of these things has been relevant to you, if, if one of those words I've brought, I'm fine if, it, if it, nobody comes up, but I'm equally. I, I, God wants to free you. I said at the beginning what forgiveness is. You know, the, the fourth point is freedom. God doesn't want you to be stuck in a rut of unforgiveness. He wants you to be in a place of freedom. And I, I'd love to pray with you. If you feel that there's anything, if there's an area you're struggling with. And as I said, just a few weeks ago, it was me coming to Nathan at the front saying, I need help. I've This situation, I need to let it go. And sometimes it does help to have someone else beside you and encourage you to, to let things go. Because he doesn't want us to be living in that place. It's... The only pitch you can have is, I, I saw a, a thing recently, and it was actually to do with the coronavirus. It was talking about people, and it had a, a piece of bread that was not been touched, a piece of bread that had been touched by someone who'd washed their hands with soap, a piece of bread that had been touched by someone who hadn't washed their hands. And the, the bread looked the same for the person who'd washed their hands, but the one who hadn't washed their hands, it was mouldy and disgusting, and all, they'd kept it just for a few days. That's what unforgiveness is like for us and our soul. It just, it eats away at us. It doesn't do us good. So I want to encourage you, keep short accounts. Deal with these situations.